to continue to hear the words that you just heard and add to them what Rob's going to share with us in our scripture for today. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will take charge over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry on the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the divine image, God created them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Thank you, Rob. Just join with me in prayer. Our hearts are stirred today, God, with the joy of fellowship, with the sadness of loss and the expectation and hope for the promise of resurrection to be real and for eternal peace and rest and blessing to be upon those whom we remember today. Even more, we ask you now to be that presence that stirs here in us and around us, that what we would offer in word and in song and action and in our commitment, that we would all be led to find peace and joy and purpose according to your purpose. And in your name we pray. Amen. Let me ask you this question. If you were to have a seven-year-old child with you and you and that child were to walk down a path that led you down to a quiet, beautiful, fall-arrayed-colored pond, still, and beautiful. And if you were to take that child and you were to say, okay, I want you to stand here for a few minutes. I'm going to go over there, but I'll be right back. What do you think that seven-year-old child is going to do? Do you think that seven-year-old child is going to stand there and go, ah, the peaceful rest of a still pond? <laughs> or is it more likely that that seven-year-old child with determination and certainty will do one of two things within about a minute and a half? Either one, they will be in the pond, or two, something will have been thrown in the pond. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's something that we have to do when we stand in front of water that makes us oftentimes not just comfortable standing there. We want to engage with it. We want to be a part of it. And if you have a child who is there by that pond, happens to look down and goes, oh, a rock. <laughs> well, I think I'll just hold this rock in my hand. No, not likely, right? Now, I was going to practice throwing that to somebody, but I won't do that because I don't trust my arm more than I trust your catching skills. But you get the point. They're going to throw a rock. They're going to throw in a branch. They're going to want to step in the water. And maybe, maybe the child just wanted to put their toes in the water, but you all know those children that won't stop there, don't you? 
Some of you are raising them. Some of you have raised them, and some of you are them. There's something about water that compels us to move towards it, to step into it, to throw something in it, to get upon it, to go across it. We want to engage with water. We can't just let it sit there, which is why no rain puddle is safe if you've got your boots on. God in the Scripture today is a seven-year-old child, or at least like one. If you understand the story of Genesis and read it and capture it, you will recognize the fact that the core message of this chapter is found in the NIV version in its first few words. It says, in the beginning, God created whether or not you believe as a creationist that it all happened in six days or whether you believe it happened over a bazillion years through evolution does not matter at this point. What we understand is however God did it, we understand that God had to do it because God was a creator God. And there's a passage here in the second verse that goes on to say, and I love this imagery. Catch this. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness over, over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. And there was no way God wasn't going to throw a stone into the pool. Wasn't any way in which the wind wasn't going to blow and there was going to be ripples sent across, and then waves, and then currents, and streams, and power, and all of it was going to continue to grow and increase and compact and impact land, and then mountains and volcanoes, and God would throw across the heavens out of his hand the dust that we know is the universe, because God had to. God is a creator God. That's the very nature of God. That's what we know about God. When someone says to you, what do you know about your God? You can say this, I know God's a creator God. Not only then, but continues because it's deep in the core of who God is. He can't stop. And he didn't. And so we come to the passage that Rob just read to you. Everything is laid out. Everything is before us. It's all gorgeous and wonderful. And God could have sat there and looked at the Michigan Falls and just loved it, <laughs> couldn't stop. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. So God created human beings in God's own image. In the image of God, God created them. God could not stop with just creating this amazing landscape. God had to create beings that would reflect God, that were created in the image of God. We understand from Genesis 1, the first chapter of the first book of the entire Bible tells us two things. One, God has to create. And two, we are created in the image of that God. Therefore, we have to create. So that seven-year-old jumping into the pond isn't being mischievous. They're representing God. <laughs> That's a defense for any seven-year-old in the room right now <laughs> or any of you who are like seven-year-olds. 
You gotta jump, man. You gotta throw something. You gotta, you gotta stir it up because we somehow understand that in the water there's power. And we wanna see it. We wanna embrace it. We wanna feel it. And when we get in that water, when we start creating ripples, we understand by and by that we set off circumstances and events that we no longer have control over. We give them over to God. You know what it is when water gets stirred by humans. Have any of you in this room ever been in a canoe when a speedboat went by you? <laughs> Anybody? A few of you, yes, right? Now, the speedboat is not attempting to maliciously bother you, but they do impact your ride, amen? I know as a fly fisherman, when I step into the water, the minute I step in the water, I immediately stir up sediment, which goes downstream, which alerts the fish to know that there's a predator in the water. So you have to learn how to do that. Consequences, ripples in the pond, those things happen, and we create them. And sometimes the truth is the ripples that we create in this world are wonderful and blessings, and we're so thrilled by it. And they become ripples that bless other people's lives. And other people's lives remember us because of those ripples. And that's why we have All Saints Sunday today. We come together as a church, not simply that we can be sad about the people who have passed on before us. We come, yes, with that sadness. Grief is real, and it is a part of our experience. And we don't intend here to try to say we drive all the sadness away. No, we bring our sadness here so that we can carry it a little easier. But we also come to celebrate. We also come to give thanks because their ripples have blessed us. The saints who've gone before us, those who have loved us and by their actions intentionally set into a series of events, things that have created the foundation in which we stand today, we give thanks for them because when they did that, they were living in the image of God. And the list that we just read, any more than the people who just heard it, were not entirely perfect. We don't claim that. Saying to it is not about perfection. It's about intentionality and grace. It's about the moments when we are at our best and we set the ripples out that God uses to bless others and grace flows. And all of us have that potential and that power. And all of us have been a part of that. And all of us are receivers of that. And that is the blessing today. So we give thanks for all saints today because of them we are here. Thanks be to God, amen. And because of them, we get to choose today the ripples that we want to send. It isn't the question of whether or not you will create ripples, you and I will. I mean, I got out of bed this morning, ripples were already starting to happen. And every step I take through the rest of the day, as is true for you, has a potential of creating ripples. And we can choose to allow them as much as possible to be the ripples of brand new creation that allow us to come into the image of God. And we image that, we come to that in this moment, because in a few moments you're going to be invited to come to this table, to this meal, to, see, to receive here this holy meal. All of which is an expression of God's creative power. It's the ripples centuries down after creation where God said, I want you to really understand what it is to look like, what it is to live in the image of God. So I will come into this world as a human being. I will show you how to live. I will talk to you about how to live. I will give you stories that you can use as patterns for your life. 
But most of all, I will show you how deep the love is of this creator God. I will die for you, and I will even be resurrected for you. And in the midst of that, I create a meal where you get to come forward, or we come to you in the pew. It doesn't matter because you intersect with God, and we take the bread, and we take the, the juice, and whether or not, however theologically you understand this, I hope you can agree with me that in that moment we ingest Jesus. We celebrate the Christ that is within us, God in us, that we might create ripples in the pond, in our families, at our work, in this community, in the schools, wherever we are. Today, we get refueled (laughs) that we might go forth and splash all over the world grace. As such, we come back together into this place week after week, worship after worship, sacrament after sacrament, so that we can be reminded and sometimes rebooted. There are times when the ripples of my life are not anywhere near what they should be. Rather than creating, they are destroying. Rather than adding to life, they are diminishing others or my own. And in those moments, we come back and we are invited to remember this truth. You are not foolish. You are not stupid. You are not an idiot. You are not worthless. You are not inadequate. You are a child of God. That's why we say that to everyone who will listen so they will hear the first thing that God wanted you to never forget. You are created what? In the image of You are created in the image of God. And this is a place to come and reboot and remember and reclaim and start anew. This is what this offers to us today. God is so generous with this gift. At this meal, for example, there's no membership card. There's no cover fee. It is open to everyone, anytime, all the time. Come on up and receive. And especially if you're not sure you should or you're not sure you're worthy, that's really the moment you have to be front in line. I'm going to invite each and every one of you right now to take the generosity challenge. That's something we're offering in the church specifically this month. You've heard about it. It's a series of three things, but I'm going to offer four. One is a class that Laura Spearin um, is teaching today, right after this worship service in the Fellowship Hall. Also tonight at 6 o'clock in the gathering space. It's one hour of your life. It's one hour of your life. Probably not even a full hour to invite you to become rebooted, to reclaim who you are. If you can't do that, we'll give you a book to read on your own. You can sign up on the church website, and you can begin to get those books, and you can use them. They've already started, but you know what? It's never too late to reboot. If you don't have time for that, go on the website and simply sign up to receive the one-day blast that you get every day. It's a short little email. reads about five minutes. 
for one time in the day for some message to come into your mind, into your heart, to remind you of who you are and what you're able to release into the world. And now here's the fourth. Come and worship. Come and eat. Go in mission. Because every time we do those things, we put ourselves back into alignment with the image of God that is within us all. So that the ripples that we will create from this point on will create and co-create with God what God is doing right now in this world. Generosity and becoming a generous person and living a generous life is not simply something that naturally comes to us all so that we can serve the church or so we can be a better person. We do it because it's how God made us. And either you're celebrating that and living it or it's time to get rebooted. And the good news is the time to do that is now. And you're all welcome to join. Amen.